0: Hello, and welcome to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. My name is Dan Demite, and I'm joined here in studio with my good friend and brother in Christ, Aaron Richards. Hey, everybody. Hi, Dan. Hello, Aaron. Are you ready for another incredible episode of Beyond Damascus? I think this may be the best one yet. Oh, Aaron loves to suggest that this is the best episode ever. And this is, my friends, going to be one heck of an episode. (laughs) Yeah. Today we're going to be hearing from our good friend Kim Zimber, who is an amazing founder of a ministry called Unforgotten Faces, the ministers to single mothers and young children in uh, yeah. in Africa, which is, is really amazing. She
1: is awesome. So actually, prepare prepare your ears because uh, we 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 got her on the phone. Oh, so she wasn't able to join us here in studio. Yeah, it, it's gonna it, it, her words are going to be worth. <laughs> All right. So, Eric,
0: can you open us (laughs)
1: in prayer? (laughs) Of course. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus, we love you. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in our world. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in our lives. Thank you for who you are. God, we pray that you will always give us a sense of mission, a sense of, um, God, how it is that you're stretching us outside of ourselves. Give us opportunity to see every day what it is you want us to do to be your hands and feet, to be love to those who we meet. God, give us the grace to respond to today's message that our hearts would be set on fire and that you would speak to us that
0: particular mission you have in our lives. Yeah, Lord, we're just so grateful for what you're doing in the church today. And we pray that you would just uh, teach us more to be like you, to love like you, to minister like you. We pray Mm -hmm. that your truth would set people free. Lord, I pray that we would be a people who enter into the mystery of your love more fully. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In
1: the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dan, you forgot to mention that we're, that, we're, that we're recording here in the illustrious Damascus Media Studio.
0: It is indeed illustrious, and we are having fun here. And we're going to welcome Kim on the phone here in a bit. Uh, you know, Aaron, one of the exciting things about Kim is that she's going to share a little bit about her struggle with human, se- uh, with her human sexuality, and that's such a hot topic in the world today, right yeah. now, right? Like every, like there's we as a church, I think sometimes we we wonder how do we deal with this on a pastoral level, yep. right? Like we know the theology of um, human sexuality, we know the theology of. Same-sex attraction, uh, but then often when it comes to a pastoral level, we don't know exactly what to say, <laughs> and our temptation is just to run away. And our temptations <laughs> to run away, right? And and Kim even will share a little bit about how she's experienced um, kind of a false compassion, what, yeah. you know, or um, but then the beautiful thing, and what's so inspiring about Kim's life is she's not just going to share about her struggle; she's going to share about her victory, right? Yeah. And that is what's amazing, that the there's this weird paradox in Christianity where the cross and the resurrection are often, mm. uh, they're found side by side, right? Yeah. That I can actually have a struggle and yet walk in victory at the same time. That Living a, a, a victorious life in Christ Jesus doesn't mean that there's not difficulty or struggle or hardship, but that Jesus, when he appeared to the uh, apostles in the upper room, he still had the wounds, right? But he yeah. was victorious, that Amen. those those wounds were healed, but they were still there as a sign of his own victory. Amen. And Kim's Kim's story, you know, Kim Kim's
1: not just a great writer and speaker, uh, she's also a friend. Mm-hmm. And... uh her stories is so inspiring because, you know, I've I've tried to answer this question for years in, in re, regard to teaching on the theology of the body or, or getting all the theology right. And um, Kim's approach and, and the direction that the Lord has ultimately led her in finding freedom has just been one of truly identifying what is the core of who she is as a daughter of God and to be able to hand that to the Lord. It's not about, not about changing who I am. It's about surrendering everything to him, oh good. she's she's amazing. I yeah. can't I can't wait for you to meet her.
0: yeah. so you know the <laughs> what the I think what God is asking the church today in this season is for people to rise up and to be witnesses and to be, if you will, prophets who speak his desire for our ability to love those who are struggling with their human sexuality. And it seems that this is an ever increasing difficulty or struggle that the world is facing, mm-hmm. right? It's not like, um, the LGBT movement is getting smaller, mm. um, and that these questions are becoming more and more pressing, more and more pertinent. And the church can't just run away from the topic. The yeah. church has to address the topic head on and provide solutions that are both human and loving, that are and that in the, and that are at the same time grounded in truth. Amen. And I think that's what Kim is doing in her ministry, right? That she's able to. Provide a solution that is grounded in intense love for yeah. the individual, and yet completely unwavering in truth.
1: Yeah, so good, so good, um, Dan. As we uh, as we, as we prepare to to bring him onto the show, I, I wanted to draw one more theme, and that was. Um, Kim's work in Africa is so inspiring. And, you know, for listeners who might be joining us for the first time, De- Beyond Damascus is the show where encounter meets mission. And one of the things that we constantly will preach and teach here at Damascus is that you can't separate encounter and mission. You can't separate an encounter with Jesus and the mission that he calls you to. And one of the things that I'm I'm always so moved about Kim's story is how she's found strength and healing precisely through mission. Mm-hmm. And, and in giving her life fully, that, that that's where God has really exercised those muscles of identity and um and virtue in her and has just made this double, it's it's like this double gift in her life of, of an incredible humanitarian mission and also this this beautiful theological teaching. So I, I was I was just I, I'm always affirmed when I when I speak with her to see the lives that are transformed through her mission work. And I, I, I recall, you know, even in um even in our own time in youth ministry, how how those mission trips were always so formational um for us as individuals and for the kids that we that we ministered with.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. It's like I think sometimes we're like, Okay, I've gotta get perfectly holy before I start mission. Right. Yeah. Um and, and, as opposed to saying, no, mission is actually what makes me perfectly <laughs> holy. makes me holy, amen. Yeah. And so don't think that like, okay, wow, I need to encounter Jesus and have this perfect relationship with Jesus and then become a saint. And once I check all of those boxes off, then, then I can start my missionary work for the Lord. No, it's that process of going and yeah. is, is how the Lord, if you will, refines me. I love um, Aristotle. He talks about how virtue is formed in the crucible, right? Yeah. And sometimes that there are certain aspects of my character and there are certain mm. aspects of, of my own holiness that can't be forged within my soul until I'm in the mission field. And once I'm Working in the Lord's vineyard and I'm serving with Him, He starts exposing different things. Right? Yeah. I think a very easy example of that is like raising children. Like I'm I was just going to go there. <laughs> I thought I was perfectly patient, and then I had children, right? And I was like, "Oh wow, this is actually an area of my life I need to grow in." That that yeah. mission of raising children has been helping to expose areas where I still have growth to to have.
1: Yeah. Well, and likewise, that, that that's where I mean, that's where you see your greatest growth. Uh, I, I, I had opportunity to reflect on this just last night. My, our, our little two-year-old Felicity has been, she has just been the best sleeper in the world until the last three weeks. Mm. And right about the time that I'm ready to go to bed, she's about ready to wake up. Perfect. And it's just been so trying. And, and I'm, I'm reminded of all those, those moments when I think about the fact that, you know, when I look at the last 12 years of my life in, in raising kids and learning how to sacrifice it's been an opportunity for me to learn what my foundations are mm-hmm. right to to sacrifice comfort again and to sacrifice um, oftentimes control again and to actually put yourself at the service of the Lord and say God, whatever mission you have for me, I say yes, regardless mm-hmm. of what it what it what it costs.
0: Amen, amen. Awesome. Well, you're listening to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. We're going to bring on our good friend, Kim Zimber, and she's going to share about her incredible ministry, Unforgotten Faces, and the new release of her book, Restless Heart, My Struggle with Life and Sexuality. Once again, Beyond
1: Damascus is a co-production of St. Gabriel Radio and EWTN Radio. We are carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Please join us right after this short
2: break. EWTN, communicating the faith.
0: Fallen away Catholic uh, years and years ago doing my own thing. My mom and dad never gave up on me, and I know it was the Holy Rosary. And they kept after me, Philip, pray your rosary, and eventually I did. I'm a member of the Knights of the Immaculata, Maximilian Colby's group. I'm with the Legion of Mary, and I haven't stopped leading the rosary in nursing homes, thanks be to God. EWTN,
3: live truth,
0: live Catholic. When we pray we should talk to God It sounds simple, it's not always that simple It's just like making any conversation though So sometimes we need prayer starters Things that'll give us a boost And get the conversation going The formal prayers we have in the church Like the Our Father, the Hail Mary, the Glory Be Even the Creed All of these things are ways that we can begin to talk to God God doesn't get tired of hearing us say The standard prayers of the church We can begin there Hello, and welcome back to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. Aaron, as we said in the introduction, we are super, super excited to welcome our good friend, yes. Kim Zimber. So let's welcome Kim onto the show. Kim, welcome. Kim, thank you for joining us today. Oh, thank yes. thank you. So Kim, it's going to be a Absolutely, I'm very excited. Oh, yes. And I, I love, uh, Kim, just the the power mm. of your testimony and your story, because our show, the tagline is like, where encounter meets mission, what happens after that Damascus moment, you have that profound encounter, but then it leads to a life of mm-hmm. mission, and and really your transformation encounter has led to just an incredible life of mission. So, do you want to share just a little bit about the mission work you do, the ministry work you're doing in your life today?
2: Yeah, I would love to. So, uh, super blessed uh, at 23 that the Lord woke me up. Kind of had that you know Paul moment, mm-hmm. uh, stall moment where. You know, just was kind of going along doing life and um, going to math, doing everything, check, check, check in every box as much as possible. Um, but my heart was kind of just going through motions. Um, and so at 23, Lord woke me up in a beautiful way um, and let me know that life was about way more than me. Mm-hmm. And um, through a lot of different encounters and, and different things that he was speaking, uh, led me to Ethiopia. And so I um, up my first trip in Ethiopia by myself. I uh, didn't know what I was doing. The Lord was with me, but didn't know Him too well either. Uh, and so, yeah, but it had turned out that He had asked me and and just gently and beautifully led me to start um, a mission that was serving single parents and their children, so widows and orphans, uh, as the world calls it, and um, and to just support them, come alongside them. And so started Unforgotten faces at twenty three. Um, and now i'm thirty six, so thirteen years ago. so it's been around, and um, the Lord has continued to, guide our hearts and our hands as we serve those in ethiopia and it's, it's just such a blessing I'm actually um people from all over the country uh have actually come out and and help to serve and and love on the the moms and the kids there and and be loved on as well from the lord through these people uh, that we get to serve that we're blessed to serve and walk with so yeah super blessed that's amazing um, in can, that regard as well. Kim, you
1: share that so effortlessly as if every every 23-year-old <laughs> yeah. could just find themselves yeah, just in Ethiopia. Yeah, Ethiopia
0: started a mission there. Been doing <laughs> it now for these years. What,
1: what were some of the I mean, I've so I've led mission trips with with students for years down to Appalachia and um those those experiences are always just full of the most incredible stories. What were those first what were those first, you know, experiences like in Ethiopia?
2: Oh, man, like, honestly, and I had a hard time even calling them missions trip. I'm like, this is so much more than a mission. And so they actually got turned into this word kenosis, which I didn't even know existed, and, um, <laughs> and it's just the surrender of your own life, right? So yeah. the Lord's like, this might hurt, Lord, but I trust you if this is your will. Like, don't let this cup pass. And so in that, I mean, just those were pivotal. In my own life and journey, like I said, at 23, I went by myself. Um, But then, once the Lord just, once I handed him my heart, he didn't yeah. get a hold of my heart, uh, once I handed him my heart and said, just mold and do what you want, Lord, you know, to a certain degree, you know, I was still holding back certain things, we'll get into that later, but um, when it came to finances and, you know, titles and all that, I was like, here, Lord, you, you know better, And but but it was when he invited me to start inviting others into this, like you had said, you know, bringing mm-hmm. young people over, college age, whatnot, That um, something really the Lord just, just really shook me in a beautiful way of, like, give this opportunity that you wanted when you were younger. You know, I know I was 23, but I, I desired it in, in junior high, right, to go and and serve and, and get myself out of the way. Um, but it, it never transpired in anything, and so I felt the Lord saying, can you offer this for others who have this desire? Can this be one avenue that they could go? And to see young people encounter Christ, um to these beautiful souls uh in Ethiopia that are that are much more than hungry kids um you know I know we get to bring them food and we get to clothe them and and teach them about sanitation and all this but the gifts that they've given not only me but now countless countless others that we have been blessed to bring over there um is is something we'll take with us for eternity you know the Lord talks about not to be focused on the things of, of earth, but of, of eternity, right? The helmet of the salvation to protect us. And in that, I've just seen that in Ethiopia, that the biggest blessing when people say, oh, thank you for what you do in Ethiopia. I'm like, you have no idea how mm-hmm. has use these beautiful souls to transform my life and to draw me into sanctification in, in such greater ways. And I've been blessed by their hunger for their for the Lord. I've been blessed by their dependency on the Lord. You know, there, there are insurance plans over there. You know what I mean? Like God is, god is it he's first mm. he's not last option and so whenever i get to go and whenever i get to bring people um just to see that raw radical face, uh tangible right there in a soul that we can love um just god explodes uh in a way and in such a beautiful way to our physical eyes and then drops into our heart and so yeah i, I don't right. know if that really answers the question but that that's just what burns in my heart
0: what if so for those who have, don't have a lot of a uh, understanding of unforgotten faces what what does a mission look like there like when you go out what yeah, do you guys so, do how what's your service to the widows and the orphans look like
2: yeah well it happens all year around um you know so this has been going on for 13 years now um and it doesn't take me to be there to run it we have a whole team of, of Ethiopians who love their own people right like mm-hmm. their own culture everything, and um and they want to serve and walk with them, and so it is very much a teaching how to fish um, project that we run and operate um, versus handing fish, which is a beautiful thing and sometimes necessary, but long-term, you know, sustainability, we want to look at how to teach people their worth, and so a lot of things we will address right out the gate is that, yeah, you are living in some deep, deep poverty, but it's not who you are, right? Like, you're, you this is just the state in which you are living in, but it's not who you are. Let's not let that define you. So we have to start there with these single moms. Um, and so we get them into training programs and, and what they want to do. You know, I sold real estate from 18 all the way through until a few years ago. Um, and I, I did well in it because I enjoyed it. And I was good mm-hmm. at it naturally. And that I was no different from the women in Ethiopia that, you know, I, I, the Lord showed me something that I was nat- he naturally gifted me in um, and that's why I enjoyed it, and that's why I was successful at it too, and so I thought, okay, wait a minute, then what about them? What do they love? What are they naturally good at? What has God done with them, and, and what does he want to do with them? And so we'd get below the surface of just, I need a job, to what do you get at? What, why, what do you enjoy? And once we were able to find that with these, these women, they just soared. I mean, from financial success to just even seeing them develop even more as mothers for their children, it, it's been the most beautiful thing to witness. Um, people really step into their calling um, in whatever way that might be that the Lord has. And and while we were doing that, working with the moms, we have 280 kids that have, of all these single moms, mm-hmm. we, we take care of the kids, so food, education, health care. Um, they come in the morning, have meals together, we do tutoring, send them to school, they come back, have lunch, send them back to school, come back, have tutoring, and, um, and we just teach them you know, those things that, that maybe their parent, their mom or dad can't teach them right now, you know, because of financial pressure and stress. And so we're able to step in as brothers, big sisters, kind of, um, to help them grow in their faith, to help them grow, um, as young men and women, uh, in Ethiopia. And, uh, it's just in such a, such a blessing to see God move, uh, in such beautiful ways there with the kids and with their parents. So,
1: that's you know, amazing. I'm truly blessed. Kim, was that w- so? Was that the scope of what you had intended when you went there the first time, or did that dream just sort of develop as you met the community?
2: Oh yeah, no, it truly didn't. I, if I would have went, I wouldn't have gotten on the plane. God say, <laughs> hey, you're going to start a, a nonprofit? Like I couldn't even take care of myself. I mean, I could, but no. Like <laughs> that would have freaked me out. I mean, like you got the wrong Kim. I know he doesn't make mistakes, but I would have <laughs> put some money on that maybe you got the wrong Kim, and so. <laughs> in that no it was something that it was one step at a time and it still is to this day one step at a time um, i'm so thankful that he doesn't reveal the fullness of his plan I'm, I'm glad he just gives me one little stone to step on that seems like it's on water you know mm. um but I, I trust that one step you know and um and then he continues to speak as i continue to seek him you know jesus just show me your heart pieces of your heart that you want to put in me that i can i can walk out in this world and so for me, um, I'm thankful that that He knows I can't see past right now in this moment. Um, he does give me some, some deeper insight and I, I do have some long-term vision that I believe he's, he's given me, but I'm just patient and faith, trusting and faith that He knows when those are to come. And so we're actually, it's been 10 years, that 10 years ago, He showed me something. I feel like the Lord showed me something and, um, and it's just actually starting to be walked out now. So I just never want to get like, in planning mode, um, I want to remain moldable, like, Lord, if this is you, just just show me what you want me to do, you know, like, I, I'm your daughter, you love me, I want to serve you, show me how, and I don't want to get ahead of him, I've, I've gotten ahead of him most of my life, and so he's so gentle and patient, and in reminding me, he gives me those little nudges, like, hey, <laughs> you're kind of running right now, um, mm-hmm. with his own hands, uh, and so uh, he's the he's the contractor, I just, I just get to, get to work with them. So, yeah.
1: That's awesome. How inspiring.
0: Yeah. Kim, so the, the, uh, you said people from all over the U S have journeyed over there with you. What's your, what's your dream for the, the ministry over there?
2: Yeah. Um, the, every person, whether it be those in Ethiopia or those from the States or whatever country they come from, um, would just truly encounter the love of Christ. Um, and that right, like how can we love God and not love our neighbor and so that mm. so we can pass all the barriers of, you know, race and and belief and, you know, poverty and riches and all of that and, and look at each other and, and allow God to show us that He is within each one of us and He has He has desires for us. Um, and that doesn't mean we just accept everything but like that that we can kinda of humble ourselves, you know. Um, and appreciate God in each other um, and ask the Lord, like, hey, how can we grow from each other um, is really, I know that sounds so far from maybe what we're doing, what you can see in the physical that we're doing, but that to me is eternal, right? Um, and that is what I desire for myself. Yeah. I desire it for those in Ethiopia and those who come to visit, that we would truly encounter Christ. And, mm. and then once we do, I mean, it's a taste to see that I am good. When you've tasted and seen something or someone who is good, You desire more. And so I pray that it just helps to spark this hunger in us that we just cannot quench, that we just want more and more of the Lord and whatever he wants to do with our life, that we joyfully surrender it moment by moment.
0: Yeah, that's so exciting. Praise the Lord. Oh, man. Okay, Lord, we just pray that all the dreams for Unforgotten Faces would just Mm. be realized. and. Uh Kim, you have a a book coming out here and it's really exciting. It's called uh Restless Heart: My Struggle with what it what what is my struggle with sexuality? Is
2: that the title of the book? Life and sexuality. Yeah, yeah life <laughs> and sexuality.
0: Can you share a little bit about kind of your testimony? Um, I think this is such an incredible opportunity just for the Lord to bless our culture, right? That so many people have shared mm-hmm. uh, the same struggle you have, and the Lord has brought victory in your life. And we just want to kind of hear what God has done and, and what has motivated you to bring this book to print.
2: Well, uh, I pray it's the Lord that has uh, brought this book to print, because uh, it, I didn't want it. Uh, you know, to, to hang out with the world sees as your dirty laundry, you know, uh, it's like hanging it on the freeway, like everybody just can see it. And um, but I really felt like the Lord was saying, just, like, hand me the manure of your life, Kim, just offer it up to me, and let me just spread it out, and I'll water it, and we'll, we'll see flowers grow, you know? And so I'm like, okay. I mean, I, I'm not a gardener. I don't garden at all. And so to even hear that kind of little phrase, I was like, well, that, that's got to be you, Lord. I know Satan don't <laughs> talk like that. So, um, you know, I just took a step in faith and, and started sharing just exactly the title of the book, my Ipswich. Well, my restless heart, you know, it comes from St. Augustine. My, our hearts are restless until they rest in you, Lord. Um, and then the book really, as you turn page to page, is St. Augustine's other quote, make me chase just not right now. Um, and the, the book is just in complete, um, un, like just opening up my heart and my life, all the things that I've done, all the struggles. Uh, that I had and and you know in the later struggles in life is really what I focused on because sexuality was something for me that that I wrestled with it was a constant wrestle between what God what I believe God was saying right because what he has said is what he's still saying it's not like he changed his mind you know a hundred years ago and now things are different he was is and always will be and his truth is the same and so I wrestled well why am I attracted to women what like what? What did I do wrong? Like you know, and so just the turmoil that I wrestled with, and then when that turmoil, I was like, okay, nothing's wrong, um, because through different counsel to the church and counseling and whatnot, nothing is wrong with you. You just you be you, you do you. Um, God loves you, and I'm like, I know God loves me, but what do I do with these feelings? <laughs> and so um, it led to a lot. I mean, I I dated women openly and. Um, still went to mass on Sundays. I, I wrestled day in and day out. Um, it was a, a battle that never quit. Uh, it happened in my dreams. It happened when I was awake. Uh, the only things that would help was you know, I would drink, or by the grace of God, I never got into drugs. Um, but that probably would have subsided some of the wrestle as well, at least on the surface. Um, so yeah, I just I I felt like um, through the whole journey of it that I wasn't alone in this, though I felt alone. Um, and so as the Lord's continued to bring healing and deliverance to my life um, in so many areas, but in particular right now with sexuality, mm. um, he said, I, do, do you think I did this just for you? And mm. it was like me not sharing what he has done and continues to do um, is actually me being selfish with yeah. the grace and the beauty of the Lord that what he's done in me wants to do in uh, it's just going to look different, right? We're all we're all different. Um, but the freedom that he gave me is not to be hidden under a little bushel basket. And so I felt like, though, it's not the most enjoyable thing to the flesh, right? Like the part of us that's like, ah, I don't want anybody to know that. Um, that's not enjoyable. But like the root, the soul is like, yes, Lord, bring freedom to our nation, to our world, but in whatever way you want. You know, Jesus didn't die on Calvary Hill so that we could just do things ourselves and, and figure it out and in our own strength. I've got no strength. I'm, I'm extremely weak. Um, and my, any strength I have is from him. And so I feel like he was saying, can you, can you, ex, can you expose all that? Mm. Are you willing? It was, he never forced me, He never made me. Um, but he invited me and I want to be, you know, when the King sends out the invitation for these people to come, I want to be one that is like waiting for the invitation, not just like, Oh yeah, here, look what I got. And I guess I'll go. I want like, I want to be anticipating and, and joyfully waiting for whatever invitation he has. And some of them um, are enjoyable and some of them are painful and some of them, you don't even know what they are, but if, I know who they're from. And that is why I desire to say yes. And so that's how this book has come to be. Um, And so, yeah, I just pray that the Lord uses it as a tool. Um, He doesn't need me. He doesn't need the testimony of of my life, but he chooses to use it. And so I just pray that it can be a beautiful vessel in his almighty hand.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you so much. And I know that it's got to take a ton of, uh, like you said, just like humility, just to uh, open yourself up and expose yourself in such a a radical way and the Lord's brought like freedom and healing in your life. And so do you want to share a little bit about what was the, what was the, if you will, the struggle like, and then how did the Lord bring victory in that area of your life?
2: Mm. Well, the struggle is really hard to to fully encapsulate. Um, but I felt as if I was living a double life um, ever since it was my senior year in high school. I won't go into detail, but it was my senior year in high school. Uh, I had first acted on the, the, attraction that I had to women Um, so a physical encounter happened my senior year um, and that had sparked something in me that I had tasted (laughs) and now I craved Um, I always hit it because I did know that what I was doing was wrong and and I mean no offense by saying that just being truthful and so I knew that what I was doing was wrong Um, I was a, a very beautiful loving and, uh, Holy Spirit filled Catholic family. And, um, you know, there's a thing that you can, you can know something's wrong, but still enjoy it, right? Like, I'm not gonna lie. I had some dessert yesterday. I knew it wasn't healthy. I try to keep in shape, but I still enjoyed it. <laughs> I knew it wasn't good for me. Um, and so I'm not trying to minimize the reality and the struggle of sexual desires that we all have, whether they be same sex attraction or opposite sex attraction. Um, but the reality is just because it we desire it doesn't mean it's good, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so and I can know it's wrong but still want to do it. Um, and so in that, you know, I wrestled with that for so many years and then it, it it actually transformed into me becoming a liar because I didn't tell anybody what I was going through. I went to counseling, a Catholic counselor and he's like, you know, in a lot more words basically said i was fine and then i'm gay and i just need to live that and i'm like that doesn't make sense i came to a catholic counselor and i did that privately like on my own i didn't want anybody to know um and i was like that it just didn't resonate i'm like that doesn't seem true Mm -hmm. it's what i want to hear for sure like i like that (laughs) um but it still doesn't seem true and just like if i go to the gym and they're like yeah you're you know 120 pounds i'm like I like the idea of that, but I know that I'm not. <laughs> um, so that's what was happening. I was hearing these things that my ears wanted to hear, um, but my heart just couldn't accept because it it knew it wasn't true. And so I, I wrestled with that for years. Fast forward, fast forward. I mean, I got married. I moved to Ethiopia at 23. Like I said, you know, before, got married to a man, thought he was just it if God's going to send me a husband, and this is the one for sure, a lover of Jesus, uh, loved me. It makes me want to be better, just stabbing around him. he wasn't even probably, it was under two years, and I cheated on him with a woman. A lot happened within that. Uh, we got a divorce, got an annulment, um, and then I dated women openly for years, and I thought, okay, well, then I just need to accept this. This is who I am, even though I knew it wasn't who I was. Uh, when I was dating women, this is interesting, when I was openly dating women, um, one of my best friends said, oh, I'm so glad you finally came out, you know, just that you've accepted that you're gay. And I'm like, oh, I'm not gay. And she just looked at me, and my girlfriend was right next to me. I just had introduced her. And she's like, what do you mean? And I said, no, no, I'm not gay. And she's like, you, you just said you, this is your girlfriend. I said, oh, absolutely, yes, this is my girlfriend. And not this friend, like, we're dating. She's like, then you're gay. I'm like, no. You know, see, I didn't understand at that time why I couldn't say I was gay. Mm. And what the Lord has continued to reveal to me in his vastness of wisdom is that, yes, I was living the lifestyle of a homosexual, of someone who was living a homosexual lifestyle. But it wasn't who I was. Now, reverting back to Ethiopia and the women, they are living in poverty. That is true. I've walked to where they live, I see my eyes, not poverty. Even if they've been in it, all their life, it's not who they are. See, I knew who I was, but I didn't know who I was. Mm. And so I would reject the title of homosexual or gay, not because I gave to you-know-what about what society would say, because God made me stronger than that, but doesn't mean it didn't ever affect me, but that was not the reason. It was because just like if somebody said, "Oh, you're Ethiopian," oh, oh my gosh, almost half my life I've basically been in Ethiopia. No, I'm not Ethiopian, mm-hmm. right? Like I can say, "No, I'm not," but I may not know through you know the DNA thing of what I actually am. I just know I'm not Ethiopian,
3: mm-hmm. and
2: so that was what was happening now with my identity. I'm like, "Well, no, I'm not gay," but you're you're doing this. I understand, but I do a lot of things It's not who I am. When people say, even to this day, "Oh, you're a, you're a missionary in Ethiopia," I'm like, "No, I'm the." of God that goes to Ethiopia. Mm. Or you're the one that sells real estate, you're the realtor. No. <laughs> I'm Kim who sells real estate. Right? It's something I do. And so I for some reason and by the, I believe it was the grace of God, just he did not allow me to own that as my identity. And I think that's why because I didn't make it who I was, I didn't allow it to, mm. to identify me. Yeah. Is why I could hand it back to him. I handed him a desire I, on October 17, 2014, after I got cheated on from a girl friend I was dating, um, I said, Jesus, I surrender. I am horrible at being God. I am the worst, actually. <laughs> Nothing's working out. It, I thank you that you're God and I'm not. And right now, I give you everything. At 23, I sold my house. I sold everything. gave up all the money, all the stuff, and I moved to Ethiopia. But I wouldn't give you my desires for women. See, so I didn't have to give him my identity, I had to give him my desire, and I said, and I prayed, I prayed for years, it was a daily prayer, if not every other day, God, take this desire away from me. Take my desire from for women away from me, please. I didn't want this, I didn't ask for it, I was never abused, I never had anything happen, take this away from me. Yes, we have a God who gives and takes away, but... Love is giving and receiving, freely giving and receiving. And so on October 17, 2014, when I said, Jesus, I give you my sexuality. I give it to you freely. Please receive it. Do whatever you want with it. I've been terrified that holiness meant boring and lame and old. I, whatever you want to do with my life, I give you my fears of being alone. I give you my fears that I won't be married, that I'm going to be the only one at X, Y, and Z age to not be with someone. I give you everything I got. Please be God over my life. And I mean, really like Lord of everything, because I had just realized, and I got to the point in my life where I just realized I wasn't doing very well and that I was the only common denominator. I was so sick and tired of blaming everybody else for the reasons why my life wasn't good. And finally, I got to the place where I was like, wait a minute, I'm pointing the finger, and three are back at me. And so I took accountability, and I said, God, and by the grace of God, He allowed me to take accountability and say, I surrender joyfully, mm-hmm. freely. I don't know what the heck this is going to look like. And it was not fun. I was crying, um, and it was painful. But that night, He came into my life like I had never known was possible. Um, I went to a prayer meeting that night and was radically hit by the Holy Spirit. I was on the ground for hours, uh, slaying the Spirit. And uh, the preacher that was was praying over me just kept declaring, in the name of Jesus Christ, you, are, you have found victory. You have surrendered your life. He had never met me in my life. He had never seen me from anybody else. And he called out. The Lord had given him the gift of prophecy to speak into my life, to speak the truth, to speak the gold. Of Jesus Christ that was within me and covered by a lot of muck, a lot of dirt, and he just his words that the Lord gave him cut through all that yuck and got right to the core hmm. of the gold that lies within each one of us. And when I stood up that night after they were vacuuming around me, <laughs> I guess they were <laughs> done with me. Uh, I get I, somebody helped me up, and I had a hunger for God like I'd never had before. I did not get up, not human. Didn't get up. Just, you know, completely a saint, not ever. It's, a, it's always a work of sanctification, but I wanted God. And I wanted Jesus Christ more than anything else. I still found women attractive. I still found junk food attractive. I still found the movies and stuff attractive, but not more and who, I, who I had just encountered. And so whatever smelled like Jesus, tasted like Jesus, looked remotely like him, I wanted him. I started going to daily Mass. I started going to confession. I started to go, I mean, regularly. And my mom's like, what are you doing? You don't have to go this much. And I'm like, I know I don't. I want to. There was like this new desire, and I believe the Lord got all the other disordered desires, right, of so many different kinds. He moved those out of the way. He got him out only by the blood of Jesus, because that happened. Mm -hmm. And he got down to the deepest desire of my soul, which was to know him, to love him, and to serve him from those places of love. And so it has been a a radical journey that I am truly grateful for. Um, The only thing I can say that I've done well, (laughs) i am probably not even done well in that, is say, Lord, I surrender all that I am to you. Mm. Um, And I am so thankful that that's all he asks of me. That that's all he wants, and so I just pray that that people um, we stop trying to do it on our own, and that we just we just trust that he is God, and that he is so good at being. Good. Um, and it's sad when we have to find out for ourselves uh, that we're not good at it, but he's gracious, and it's the kindness of the Lord that leads to repentance. So, Amen.
1: God do it in us.
3: <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: I, I love I love Kim, your your statement that you didn't have to give away your identity, but you did have to give away your desire. That it was it yeah. was it was coming to almost a realization that um that the our our, our identity is like it's like this core that we hold that it's it's the greatest gift that we have to give to Jesus. And mm. it's the one that's so violently attacked by our world. Wow. You know. Where Dan and I, you, you know this, Kim, but for any of our listeners, maybe who don't, we, you know, we run uh, a mission campus up here in Central Ohio, and we 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 have missionaries who serve with us here day after day, year after year, and uh, many of them will enter into a full two year commitment of training and formation. And we were just this morning going over our formation content for our first year missionaries, and we spend we spend eight weeks with them. Uh, all focused on the topic of identity. So that's the very first thing we hit when they come yeah. in the door because, because wherever you are, whether you're serving as a missionary, whether you're serving as a, 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 you know, a, an employee in a Catholic parish, whether you're a, a ministry leader, whether you're a businessman or woman, whether you're a mom or a dad, uh, whether you're a student, our identity is is so oftentimes wrapped up in a, in a disordered understanding of who we are. And, um, and, and praise the Lord. I love, I love that. I love that image that you painted that, that God had kind of placed that knowledge, that, that, that intimate self-knowledge in you and that that was your greatest defense. So good.
2: Absolutely. Well, and I don't think it's a coincidence either that like when Jesus was in the desert after the 40 days, what did Satan do? He, he threatened and questioned his identity if you are the son of God. Yeah. Right. And so he does that to us every day. Right, and so it's that attack of of truly that we are God's. We've been baptized into the family. We've been adopted sons and daughters through the blood of Jesus Christ.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Amen. Thank you, Jesus. So, Kim, the for um, so you're sharing your struggle and you're sharing the victory that Christ has won in your life. And during this time, you you mentioned that you were you know living um, in a life of sin, but also going to Mass on Sunday, what um, what advice would you give for the church faithful? Like, uh, the, as we um, grow to grow in our own pastoral love for those who struggle with their sexuality, but also understand that we have a call to represent the truth of uh, the church and the world, How, uh, what do you think the Christ faithful needs to do in these times?
2: Well, just through my experience, I would say please don't change who Jesus is And don't change what he stood for and what he died for, right? Because here's the thing. Jesus was all about the truth, but he was always all about love, right? And he never – those are not – you cannot separate those two things. Jesus was not a hippie like, peace and love, bro, everything's good. I love you, man, you know. No, it didn't stop there. And he wasn't Hitler either. He wasn't like, you're wrong. You're going to be damned. That's it, you know. Mm -hmm. And so so much – so often I think we – Christians do that, and it's like, wait a minute, so how do we approach people, souls, in truth and love? And don't make those two separate things. God's truth is His love, and God's love is His truth. And when we start separating, we start trying to, to, to separate the two of those, we've changed who God is, mm. right? And, and we were never asked to do that. We were never asked to do that. We actually were bringing more harm to people's souls we're talking about soul stuff here. We're not talking about... My mom said to me once, she said, Kim, when, when a priest had told me it was okay to be sexually active, um, monogamously sexually active with a woman, my mom says, clearly, I care more about your soul than he does. Yeah. And she said, I do want you smiling in this world, but I care about your soul, right? And, and I'm so thankful that I had a mom that was willing For me to be mad at her, to not like her, to possibly need to disown her for the love of Christ. She was never mean. She was never hateful. She always brought me back to the love of Christ, but she never separated his truth from it. And I think so often we we have compassion for people. We really do. I believe the priests that shared those things with me, they felt bad for me. I mean, how hard is it to sit in front of someone and say, you're going to be celibate all your life? I'm like, well, wait, you are too. This should be a good thing. Like, <laughs> I could have said that. But like, uh-huh. you're coming from a place, especially the priest, like tell me how beautiful the celibate life is. Tell me the struggles, but tell me the beauty too, please. Mm. You know, like, but in that, I think they, they had what I call a false compassion. It's, it starts good. It's a compassion for a person suffering. But we look at our Savior who suffered on the cross, and Mary, the mother of our Savior, didn't try to take him off the cross. She allowed, because she knew he was God, allowed him to suffer. And so in that, there's going to be suffering in our lives. How do we bring the beauty of suffering? I don't, I don't tell people it's going to be rainbows and lollipops, y'all. You know, if you stop doing X, Y, or Z, whatever sin we struggle with, you know, and we ask the Lord to take it, it's because that's not true. There will be pain in it. It's going to be a journey. But you're going to learn how beautiful and loving God our Father is and how Jesus Christ will strengthen you in your weakest of moments. And so I think we're really doing a disservice when we take that away and we just say, you just be you. God loves you. Well, yeah. yes, God loves me. But guess what? When I ask the question, God, yeah, I believe God loves me. And I've always believed that. I've never actually questioned that. Even when I was doing the worst of things, my question was, does God love what I'm doing? And then there was a second sub-question that I think is the most important that I wake up every day wanting to ask myself is, am I loving him? His love is forever. His love is forever. Am I loving him? I don't want to get to heaven and be like, did I make it? Am I good? I want to be like, Lord, I've been waiting for the day. I've been waiting to see you. I love you. And I've tried as much as I could with my life to show that, not to earn something, but because I love you. Mm -hmm. Because this is not about a ticket into heaven. Do the, just don't do the don'ts. No, we want to do the do's, love him and then love your neighbor. And we've got to do that in truth and love. Don't separate it, please, please, please. For my sake, for the church's sake, for soul's sake.
0: Mm, Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I just pray you bless those words right now. Just whatever you're doing in someone's heart. Lord, I just pray that you would just maximize that. Allow them to love you more, Lord, to love you more, Lord, and to receive all of your love. You're listening to Beyond Damascus, a show where encounter meets mission. We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we're going to let Kim share where you can find her book and uh, bless other people with it. We will be back in a minute.
2: The Wisdom of Mother Angelica. Once you lose faith, if somebody does something to you and hurts you one time, two times, three times, four times, St. Peter thought seven was a good number. How often should I forgive my brother, Lord? Seven times? My Lord said, no, 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 no. Seventy times, seven times a day. For more information on Mother Angelica, visit Religious Catalog at EWTNRC.com.
1: The EWTN home video highlight for September is St. Bridget of Sweden, the movie. She was a wife, mother, and a mystic, whose beautiful revelations touched the lives of many throughout the centuries. Order your DVD at EWTNRC.com, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, or call 1-800-854-6316. Take on many different forms. It could be a simple gaze up to the heavens glorifying God for the beauty of His creation. It could be a cry for help in time of need. It could be a request for some good that you think you need in your life. All these things can be spontaneous and informal. But prayer can also be formal, as in the Our Father, which Jesus taught us to pray, and the highest formal prayer, the sacrifice of the Mass.
0: Welcome back to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. We've been listening to the powerful, life-changing testimony of Kim Zimber, and she has opened up her heart. Uh, and as you put it, Kim, aired your dirty laundry. But I think even more appropriately, you've just witnessed to the glory of God Amen. and the victory of Amen. the cross. And um, and I think sometimes in order to witness to the glory of God, we have to be willing to expose our hearts. And so I want to thank you, Uh and for for just the testimony that you've shared on our show, the testimony you've written about in your book, and just the life and witness that uh, of of the uh, Paschal mystery that you're living—the the suffering, death, and resurrection of Jesus—alive in your life, Kim, could you maybe share what your dream for this book is?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's it's it might sound silly, but it's simple: it's that people would truly taste and see the goodness of Jesus Christ and desire. To give their life to them, every yeah. aspect of it, every desire, every dream, everything that just it would bring out that the Lord would use this as one tool to just start to to rise up radical lovers of Jesus to just joyfully, willingly surrender their lives to Him every moment of every day.
0: I love that. Who do you think should check this book out?
2: Well, I think anybody who struggles and people are like, "Oh, I don't struggle with my sexuality." I'm like, "Do you struggle?" because if you don't talk to me and tell me how you do that, but we all struggle. (laughs) Um, And so I think we can get hung up super quick. I'm like, yeah, but that's not my struggle. That's why it says life. If you don't have any struggles in life, I don't know that you're human. Um, So if you're human and you struggle with life in any way, or just a tiny aspect of life, I believe the Lord, I I pray the Lord um, will reveal. I've had so many people reach out that have zero, 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 zero attraction to the same sex. And they, one woman just called me yesterday, I gave her a pre, uh, pre-release copy. She called me three hours later. She read it in two hours and she said, I can't put it down. I can't stop crying. My kids think I've lost it. She's like, I was like, Oh, I didn't know you it." She's like, Oh my God, I don't know. I have a husband (laughs) Um, (laughs) and not at all. But like, Oh my gosh, I could relate, and I just want to give him my life. I want to give him more. She's like, mm. I've been a faithful Catholic. Da, da, da. I have Protestants who read it. They're like, I want to check out the Catholic Church. You know, there's just so many different. You know, because when God's at work, He's not just looking at one thing. He's looking at our whole life. He's looking at all of His children. And so um, pray about it, and ask the Lord, "Do you want mm. me to read this?" If He says no, don't. Um, but <laughs> make sure it's Him talking.
0: I love that. No, I think I think that's what when you we were when you were sharing your testimony, what was speaking to me is just that the question of what haven't I given over to the Lord yet? And I just have a feeling that this book, the anointing on the book is to challenge a heart that is still clinging to something that's not of the Lord to give it over to him. Mm -hmm. And I think the Lord just wants to release a lot of grace in people's life over that.
2: Well, and I'll I'll say this too, because I felt like I heard this loud and clear. It's not just sometimes negative things or sinful things. You know, sometimes it's a ministry we're holding too tight onto sometimes it's something of the Lord. He says, yeah, I am Lord of that, but that's not your Lord, Mm -hmm. right? Like So in that, sometimes it's even our identity or whatever gets wrapped into working for Christ, right? We're so Martha and and maybe not enough Mary
3: Mm -hmm. sitting in the
2: seat. And so I pray that you're a great great Christian. Amen and amen. I'm all for that. There's always something that the Lord wants wants to talk to us about. And so I
0: yeah, I think this book is just a prophetic word for our time. I think it's going to release grace upon the nation and upon lives. So Lord, I just pray that you would bless it so abundantly and you would allow people who pick this book up just that their lives would be transformed and changed in a way that it never has been before, Lord. Mm-hmm. Kim, would you be willing to close us out off in a prayer today? Uh, yeah, absolutely.
2: In the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Father God, we thank you for your goodness, Lord. While we're off just rolling in mud, Lord, that you are already desiring our hearts back, that you are welcoming us, Lord, that you are drawing us no matter where we are in life, that you are calling us, that you have beautiful plans for us, Lord. And so we just ask, Lord Jesus, that you would come into our lives in a greater measure. We ask that you would transform, Holy Spirit, that you would transform our taste buds that the things of the world would taste bitter on our tongues and the things of you, Jesus, would be sweet and that we would crave more and more of you, Lord. Pray that you would give us, Holy Spirit, eyes to see, ears to hear, and hearts of compassion, Lord, that can only come from you. Mm -hmm. Just pray over everybody's families, over their the call on each person's life, Lord, my own as well. We just ask, Jesus, that you would help us. It is only by your grace and your mercy, Lord, by the bloodshed on Calvary Hill that we are able to even surrender to you that anything good is you, Lord. And so we just pray for an increase of your presence in our life, Holy Spirit, that you would lead and guide us in every way, exactly on that path, that narrow path that you paved with your blood, Lord. And so we thank you, Jesus, above all. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for your love, your grace, and your mercy that you pour out forever and ever, Lord, we thank you. Mm -hmm. We ask that we would live lives that would praise you, Lord, that our thoughts, our actions, our words would be songs of thanksgiving back to you, Lord, that they would rise like incense to the throne room of heaven, Lord. And we ask for the intercession of our Blessed Mother. We thank you, Mother Mary, for your yes to God, the Father. And we ask that you would pray for us to have the strength to joyfully sing that yes back to God as you did. So we thank you. We ask for the intercession of Saint Augustine, of Saint Therese of Avila, of Saint Catherine of Siena, of all the angels and saints to pray for us here on earth that we would persevere in love for Jesus Christ and for the love of souls. And it's in Jesus's mighty name we pray.
0: Amen. 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 Thank Amen. you, Jesus. This has been such a great show. Thank you so much, Kim. We're so blessed by your testimony. Once again, her book uh, is. Restless Heart, My Struggle with Life and Sexuality by Kim Zimber. And uh, this has been Beyond Damascus, a co-production of St. Gabriel Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Feel free to check out our podcast wherever podcasts are found Mm -hmm. and share this episode with loved ones, friends, and family. And we will see you next week. Thank you. God bless.